is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. This is The Talking Dead, number 527, recorded Tuesday, the 13th of April, 2021. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am doing all right. Jason, how are you doing this week or this day? I'm doing all right. This day, this week, so far? So far. The day's not over, neither is the week. Yeah, we got a 30% chance of doing all right. (laughs) We just had a 10 minute conversation before we started the podcast about predicting the weather. And uh, we decided that uh, there's a 30% chance of this going A-OK. Yeah. You know, the way I figure it is uh, I'm going to use statistical modeling uh-huh. that uh, that basically says of the last hundred episodes, the last uh, out of the, yeah, the last hundred episodes, 30 of them, I felt uh, that I felt this way. Everything went OK. So we got a 30% chance of uh, being OK. Well, I hate to tell you something, but your Skype video has frozen, so we're, oh. we may be below 30% already. Oh, we have an internet storm rolling in. Yeah. I think we'll just continue, proceed, and see how this goes. So far, you sound okay. Let's hope that okay. continues. You sound fine. Your video is fine. Video is frozen. It's just, hopefully I wasn't making a stupid face at the time, but... No, you're, right. you're, you're, you look fine. You look fine. Don't worry about that. And Excellent. I'm the only one that can see you, so. All right. Okay, well, everyone, it is, you know, a new day. It is a new show. It's Fear the Walking Dead. It's returned with season six, episode eight. This was supposed to be the mid-season finale when that show wrapped up last year, but they couldn't get it done in time due to the pandemic. So here we are coming back for the back half of Fear with uh, a new episode that was, you know, supposed to be aired months ago, but we were getting it this week. Shit, did I know that? Yeah, because we only got seven episodes before and we we mentioned it, right? Um, I don't know if, yeah, I think we talked about it being delayed, so you, you should have known. I know the big show was being delayed. The finale was being delayed, but I didn't, uh, I don't recall this mid-season finale being delayed. And I was actually thinking to myself while watching this episode, holy shit, I completely wiped my memory of this show. Like I have no real concrete memories of uh, anything that's happening at the moment. So I'm hoping that, you know, this discussion can help fill me in and spark some memories. Uh, I don't have any memory that you, that we talked about or that came up that the uh, mid-season finale was going to be uh, delayed and that this was, is the finale, the mid-season finale, and not the beginning of the next uh, block. Uh, so it, it makes a lot of, this episode makes a lot of sense as a finale. I think this information would have been useful to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we'll get into that. I find that funny because... The first half of season six, I think, was quite good. And I, and of course, we talked about how, how good it was. But to be fair, Jason, we were covering Fear season six at the same time as World Beyond for a good chunk yep. of it. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot going on at the time. And I could understand how you might get confused or overwhelmed by the amount of Walking Dead we had at the time. But yeah, we only got seven episodes of this show instead of eight. And so now we're going to get nine instead of eight for the back half. And this one is the first of those nine. 
Which is the last of the first eight. Exactly. Something like that. So this is our, you know, with the, with the walking dead, we had two and three quarter finales. Uh, so now, uh, what are we getting? This is, uh, this, well, the, you know, a finale and a half. Cause the last episode was sort of a finale and three quarters so far. Something like that. I don't know. Or is this a premiere? Is this the mid season premiere now? And we're getting a premiere and three quarters and, and a half. Bitch. Somehow it's both. Somehow. I don't know. <laughs> there are times we live in. I mean, this pandemic, it's just messed up everything, including TV. Well, yeah. if you don't have that much of a memory of what was going on, I have good news for you because I wrote down a few notes here as a quick recap of what happened in the first half of the season. Oh, goody. If you recall, Morgan found this dried up lake behind a dam and he wants to build a community there. Yep. And he thinks this he thinks this is a good idea because on maps it shows a lake. So he thinks Ginny won't bother going to look for them there because she figures, well, that's a big lake. You can't live in a lake. So since it's not a lake, he's starting to build this community and position people there, but also he's out in the world trying to get everyone back who was separated by Virginia into, you know, different places and different jobs. And he's also working hard to find Grace. If you recall, we don't know where, yep. or we didn't know where Grace was. Uh, that's what Morgan is doing. We've got Alicia and Charlie, who in the last episode of that we saw them in, which was episode seven, uh, they they got captured by that dude in that house. Remember, they they eventually escaped, um, but they found Dakota there, who was Virginia's sister. And Morgan shows up near the end. Dakota ends up with Morgan, which leads into this episode that we're about to talk to. Right. His plan, Morgan's plan, is to use her as bait and or leverage to sort of draw Ginny out into a fight so he can take her out. And Strand, if you recall, is a ranger working with Virginia, and he's aware of all this because he was there too, but he seems to really be on Virginia's side for now. Okay. Um, at the very end of that episode, which did kind of feel like a finale type cliffhanger, it was revealed that Ginny has Grace, who, if you recall, is pregnant, um, yep. and, and quite pregnant. We find out this episode, um, he, she's got Grace being held there sort of unbeknownst to anybody, um, which is the first time we saw her in the first half of the season. And then... We've got John and June who, um, well, John tried to convince her to run away with him. He figured they could get away because things weren't working out. He investigated that murder. Remember that crime where the dude was stabbed? Uh, but June didn't want to go with him. So he ends up separating off on his own at a fork in the road. And uh, we didn't know where he ended up uh, before we got into this episode. So... That's, um, that's kind of where everybody was. Do you have any recollection of any of that? Yeah, I remember, uh, all of that except for dude in the house. Uh, I'm not sure who that dude is, but that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll pretend I, I remember. The, the guy that had, uh, Alicia and Charlie in that last episode, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. He, he was just a random guy, to be honest. They were... Um, they came across that house. He kind of invited them in. He seemed friendly, but then he was doing something weird and he was making those, uh, 
uh, ah, yes. ornaments or whatever you would call yeah, them out of, out okay. of zombies. Yeah. All right. Now I'm with you. Thank you. Okay. So that, that's where we kind of left off most of the cast. Uh, Daniel's around too. If you recall, he was pretending to be like a senile old man or maybe not senile, but at least have no memory. And he was out right. working as a barber, which he did pre-apocalypse. Um, but Morgan had made contact with him as well. So, uh, and, and I think it was revealed that, that, um, Daniel did actually remember Morgan, but anyways, he didn't have a big part in the first half, but he's out there as well. Gotcha. So I guess we have to start this episode with the single biggest thing that happened. And that is of course that it's revealed that Dwight and Alicia made it to Morgan's dam. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was a bit of a a lost leader misleading. Yeah. The lead kind of thing. Yeah. So that happens, but of course it's not the biggest thing that happens in this episode. The biggest thing is that John Dory dies. Yeah. My God, fear the walking dead. I don't know what you're trying to do to us, but Jesus of, of all the characters to kill off, he's not the one that I hoped it would be, but what do you think about John Dory dying in this one, Jason? Well, I'm of two minds on, in the one, in the left mind, I am very sad to see John Dory go. Garrett Dillahunt, uh, I think he did a fantastic job as John Dory. I like John Dory. I like Garrett Dillahunt. I look forward to Garrett Dillahunt in future projects, uh, which I will probably stumble across at some point in my life. So I'm sad to see him go, but on the plus side, I am kind of humbled by the fact that Fear the Walking Dead would do this. It has been a long time since they, that any of these Walking Dead shows has killed off a character that I was not expecting, uh, that I did not want to die, that was shocking to me. And this was shocking to me. And so I am happy about that and how it happened, and the tragedy of the whole thing, and the sadness of it, and the heartbreaking uh, fucking tease of, uh, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's going to survive. Oh, he's, is he, oh, he is going to, oh, he's a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a zombie. You know, that fucking roller coaster was kind of harsh, but still awesome. And I am also happy that uh, he's dead, right? Like, there's no ands, if, or ors, or buts about this. Uh, no. You know, John Dory is, uh, he's, he's gone. There's no, there's no coming back from this. No. Nope. There's not even a clone of him kicking around like fucking Enid. <laughs> there is not. He, he was, he was shown to us as a zombie, and then we saw the knife go into the side of his head. He is not coming back. Almost. I mean, there, there was her, uh, her, June's hand was covering the actual entry wound, but, uh, you know, that's just taking nits here. I, I so think, no, he, he's, he's super dead. He, he is super dead. Yeah. I, I got an email here from listener Laura in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Laura says, is it possible that you can still be shocked by the walking dead franchise? Totally did not see many of those twists coming and I fully expected them to let yet another character survive a fatal chest wound. I would wager that the ending scene with John and June almost rivals Sophia walking out of the barn. Heartbreaking, unexpected, 
and makes me excited to see where the rest of the season goes. R.I.P. Dory just keeps swimming, which is, of course, a <laughs> reference to uh, Finding Nemo. Um, and, and it sounds like, Jason, to you, you were genuinely shocked by this. And I agree. I was too. Yes, I was genuinely shocked. And where, uh, what's her eyebrow shot him? Like right in the, looked like he got shot in the heart, right? So as soon as I saw that location of the wound, I'm like, there's no surviving that. You would need a fucking trauma surgeon, uh, you know, next door coming out, happened to be running out of the emergency room at this moment yeah. to, uh, to be able to patch him up to the point where he could survive. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. There's just no surviving that. And like, what better place to shoot John Dory? Like if there's a character you're going to shoot in the heart, it is, it's him. It's, it's probably his most vulnerable spot. Like obviously literally, but yes. Uh, also figuratively the way this character has been drawn on this show. The guy is all about, you know, finding love and companionship. And he, he actually does when June washed up on his, in front of his cabin uh, a couple seasons ago or whatever that was. And then that's what he's been all about this whole time. When he's separated from her, he wants to get back to her. Yep. And then, and then in the last episode, or it wasn't the last one, but a few ago, he chooses to go his own way, hoping she'll follow. And we start this one with him sitting at a table repeatedly loading a gun with the intention to kill himself because he's alone. He finds no more meaning in, or, or he thinks he has no more meaning at the time of, of going on by himself. And then when he finally does, you know, find something to live for towards the end of the episode, the first thing that can happen, that happens is he gets shot through the heart. There's nothing more tragic than this. Yeah. There's, <laughs> Couple things there. One is that uh, it's tragic in that uh, June finds John Dory in the exact spot that uh, John Dory found June. It's it's poetic right? tragedy, right? You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's terribly unfortunate. And and yes, this, the the episode did open with him uh, very much wanting to commit suicide, and that is a horrifying. Uh, you know, concept in, in general. And if anybody like, that's hard to take, it's hard to uh -huh. watch. And, uh, you know, if anybody's out there is feeling lonely in, in these fucked up times, seriously, uh, you know, reach out for help. There's something to, uh, there's something to live for. We can, we can all find it. Uh, so this episode was, was, it was hard to watch in some places, in some, in some ways. And then his, uh, being shot in the heart, uh, which, you know, now that I think about it, if, if somebody's shot in the heart in the ambulance bay of an ER of a major trauma center, the survivability of that is low. It's still so, pretty low. Yeah. It's still pretty low. She shoots him in the heart. He stand there, stands there and goes, you know, shit, you shot me in the heart. You know, he didn't actually say that, but I'm sure it was running through his mind. And then she pushes him via the wound into the water. Like, yeah, that's, that's just mean. You know, I, when she put the hand, her hand right on the bullet wound and pushed him in, like blood ended up on her hand. I yeah. felt that was a tiny bit gratuitous on the show. Like I didn't want her to like, you know, lift a foot and boot him right in the stomach and go off. But I saw well, that would have been two 300, right? Uh, the movie 300. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, Th this is Sparta. Yeah. I honestly, I sort of thought that might happen. 
but then she just pushes him off, which, which I liked, but you know, she could have maybe done it on the other side of his chest rather than right where the bullet wound was. Um, but well, she needed, you know, physical blood on her hands as long as well as metaphorical blood on her hands. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. It's not like we couldn't have figured that out. Um, but I, you know, if we go back to the cold open for a minute, I, I did, you know, despite the sort of sadness and tragedy of, of it all of what he was doing, I did actually really enjoy that cold open. Um, you know, he's sitting there, it's, it's the cabin where he first met June, which you realize quickly. And he keeps loading this gun with the intention of shooting himself, but then he keeps using the bullet to shoot an approaching zombie instead. And I know it kind of makes no sense because if he was going to kill himself, what does it matter if a zombie, you know, enters his cabin immediately following that he's dead anyways. But I, but I did like this weird kind of idea that he's about to do it. A zombie shambles up and because the zombie shows up, it saves John's life in a way because he kills it instead of himself. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that means, but it struck me as kind of interesting that for once the dead is saving his life rather than ending it, trying to end it. You know, I hadn't considered that, but that's a very good point. And you know, it's, it's because he didn't have a door, right? There was no door to this cabin. So there's no way to shut out the zombies. Uh, and so having them come in, even if he shot himself in the head, which he's uh, planning to do badly, uh, because he was aiming from under his chin and, you know, that, yep. Kind of that's a survivable shot, uh, the the angle of the uh, uh, the handgun that he that he had there, so and which is you know horrifying in its own right, but uh, you know he didn't want to be, you know he didn't want zombies in the cabin, right? He wanted to be uh, left there in peace and not become a uh, you know a hive of zombie land. So every time he saw a zombie, he's like, shit, here comes another one. I gotta. Fucking take care of this guy. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, let's get back to business. Ah, man, here comes another one until he <laughs> finally gets angry enough and, and wants to get at the source rather than just uh, taking him out piecemeal. So he basically says, fuck it, and gets up and uh, goes after, you know, trying to stop this uh, influx of zombies coming into his cabin. And it's the same thing as before, right? The zombies are piling up on that bridge. They fall off. They wash down stream and end up at his front door. Yeah. And it's it, I guess the, uh, the nature of it is that anything that falls off that bridge shows up at the cabin and that's just the way it is. Just the way the currents are, the way the bends of the river go. Yes. And of course they had to remind us of that because that's exactly what happened to him towards the end. Um, but was the biggest shocking moment of this episode for you, the moment when Dakota shot him or the moment when he was when June finds him dead at the end. The shot, when she shot him. Yeah. Because at, right that, at that point, I knew that it was not a survivable thing. And I kind of, uh, it seemed to me at that moment that John Dory was dead. The rest was just, uh, you know, a series of teasing. Uh, so uh, that was the big shocker for me because I, I knew that was the end of John Dory. Yeah, I had the same reaction actually. When, when she pulls the trigger and she shoots him, I'm like, I thought, holy crap, I can't believe she did it. And, and, and the same thing crossed my mind. Like you cannot survive that close a range of shot right through 
your chest. And then she pushes him in the water. And I'm like, well, even if he's not dead already, like he's going to drown in this water. So he's double dead. But that was the same for me. I was most surprised at that point as he was floating. Well, once he came back up and he pulled himself onto that piece of debris door, it was a door. Oh, sorry. Of course it was a door. It probably was a door <laughs> that fell off the truck that they attached the doors to, right? No, it was a piece of the, uh, the, the bridge barricade. Oh, okay. That she, she pushed off when she slammed into the wall there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, um, so he floats down on this door and at that point I started thinking, oh my God, they're going to somehow find a way for him to survive because it's John Dory and they can't kill John Dory. So I was pretty shocked when he didn't as well, but really the big, the big one was when she pulled that trigger. Yeah. I mean, how many movies could they have, uh, uh, incorporated in this? If she had kicked him off the, the bridge, uh, we would have had. 300 this is sparta and then he falls into the water but then pulls himself up onto a door uh you know sorry but that's the end of titanic uh so <laughs> there's just a couple of movies here that we could have uh, parodied because of this yeah yeah um you know quick uh side note i did get an email from someone uh listener ashton who had some things to say about your repeated spoiling of uh gravity <laughs> over the last couple of podcasts. So Oh yeah, okay. Just, just keep that in mind. Uh, Mr. Okay, Mono. so Titanic was 1999. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. So that's 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 a while. Gravity is a little more recent. And what else did I spoil 300? Uh that's not even the end of that movie. And both Okay, so in my own defense, uh fucking 300 and uh Titanic are both historical ish dramas, right? Mm-hmm. So we all know how we all I'm sorry to tell you this, but Titanic sank in fucking 1912. <laughs> people you died. Know, a lot of people died. <laughs> and 300, those 300 soldiers that held that pass uh, against the uh, the invading army, they all fucking died too. And we know that for a very long time. Sorry, did I just spoil the end of that movie even after uh, all that? <laughs> well, sorry. You, you may have. I'm just saying. I may have. Watch it sometimes. <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> too right, worried so- about it. All right. Well, it's relevant. So it, if everybody wouldn't mind, uh, watch all the TV shows and movies uh, before listening to this podcast. <laughs> do your best anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know I do. Well, um, back to John Dory, though. You know, you said off the top that it's been an awfully long time that we've had a, a real major primary character. I think you said this. Uh, yeah. Uh, be, be killed off. On this show, or frankly, any of the shows, um, Walking Dead included, and I started thinking about that, and like, what was the last primary character killed on the main show on The Walking Dead? Was it maybe like Enid and Tara when their heads were on spikes? Yes, you know, and- or was it Sadiq who was killed in season ten? Uh, you know, Sadiq, you know, Gamma was killed in season 10. I hardly call her a primary main character though. You know, you can go back as far as Sasha, but Sasha was killed in season seven, if you can believe it. So, you know, I, I gotta think like there has not been a lot of main character death on the walking dead. And when you think about fear, I mean, was it Nick or Madison? That seems like forever ago, you know? It was, it was Madison on this one, it, you know, 
that's if you assume medicine is dead. Sure. Nick is dead for sure. Yeah. But I'm, uh, my point is it, it's been a long time. It right? has been a long time. And John Dory is definitely a primary first run character. And so he certainly qualifies. So it's been a while and, and fear had the balls to do it. And, and not only is he a main character, he's like everybody's favorite, you know? Yes. I, I, I almost feel like they could have killed off Morgan and less people would be upset about it. I would be. Okay. So uh, again, I'm of two minds in one way. I would be less upset because John Dory would still be on the show. Uh, on the other hand, I would be less impressed by the writing staff because they killed off Morgan. Yeah. Cause if, uh, if Morgan's killed off, I assume it's because Lenny James wants to do something else, right? I don't, uh, you know, killing off Morgan for me is not a show decision. It's a act. It's an actor decision. It's it's dealing with an actor wanting to leave the show, yeah, for whatever reason. Yep. Um. So, which leads me all the way back to uh, Carl. Uh, you know, him being killed off on the main show probably was the last time a major first run character was killed off. Um, and that was a while ago. It certainly wasn't Rick cause he's not dead. They totally cheesed out on that. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, uh, so if Lenny James was going to leave the show, they would kill him off and it would be like, Oh, Lenny James is killed. You know, I would be surprised because I don't, you know, follow the news on what people are doing. Uh, but killing off Garrett Dillahunt uh, I don't know if he's leaving because he wants to be on another show. I guess I might be, you know, pissing my own hat there. I'm making up that phrase. I'm not sure what it means, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, Garrett Dillahunt is going on to bigger and better things and I'm sure he is and I will watch whatever he's in. Uh, but I think that I have to give more credit to the show for killing off uh, John Dory than I would for killing off Morgan. And on the other hand, I would be less upset because I like John Dory more than I like Morgan. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I you know, I, I have no idea yet if there is any story behind Garrett Dillahunt uh, being killed off the show. I, I don't know if, if there's something else he wants to do or if this was strictly a writing and storytelling decision, um, which I think there's a good chance it was. And, and I respect them for, for doing that. They're, they're telling the story they want to tell, regardless of what they think the fan reaction is going to be. Um, but I'm sure if there is something behind it, it'll come out. Well, I, I imagine it will, but we'll have to see. But for now, I, I just don't know. Um, but yeah, John Dory gone off the show. It's, it's hard to believe in a way still. So maybe he can join the, uh, the show with, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Stephen Ogg, which I think would be a better choice than uh, Keanu Reeves to be uh, to accompany Jeffrey Dean Morgan on his biker show, uh, and maybe Garrett Dillahunt can join that show as a character actor as well. I'd watch that show. Oh, I'd watch the shit out of that show. That's for sure. I'm not even much <laughs> of a motorcycle guy, but you get those three guys riding motorcycles or just doing I, whatever. So good. I don't care what they do. They could be sitting <laughs> in a goddamn uh, diner reading grocery lists. You know, I'd still watch it. It would be amazing. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's talk about what else was revealed in this episode, which was quite a bit. So obviously Dakota killed 
John Dory, which was surprising, but she, it was revealed that uh, she was also the one who killed Cameron back at Lawton, which is the name of, you know, Virginia's town. She did this because apparently he discovered her method for sneaking in and out. She was upset about that. And um, then she encouraged John to investigate the murder because she thought this would seed some doubt in the townsfolk in Virginia. And right. so her whole goal was still to take down her sister and take her out of power, which I think is really, really actually quite fascinating because a little part of me thinks that, you know, when, when they do something like this, they've set this thing up and they're going to reveal that that's not actually what her intentions were, but it turns out it was her intentions and she was just trying to get her sister out of power through all this manipulation and so on. And it sort of ended up just going all wrong and ending up in a number of people dead. So mm -hmm. that's another thing I kind of respected the show for. They, they stuck to their story. They stuck to their guns and they ended up, you know, doing, doing this. So that was one of the big reveals of this episode that it was her that killed Cameron. Yeah, it, it was. And I couldn't, uh, for the life of me, remember who Cameron was at first uh, <laughs> until I <laughs> figured it out eventually. But it seems a little convoluted to kill somebody in order to raise doubts. But I'm not that, uh, uh, you know, I've never lived in a situation where I needed to get rid of somebody uh, and murder was the you know, was one of the methods that I could use in order to remove somebody from power. Yeah. But you know, now that you say that, was it clear in the episode that she killed Cameron, but like this was her complete plan. She killed Cameron so that it would lead John to investigating it, which would lead to doubt in Virginia amongst the people that lived there. Or, or was it more, she just killed Cameron because he found her sneaking in and out. Um, and John Dory actually says, and, and you thought that was enough to deserve him to, for him to die. So I actually am not sure that Dakota had a full plan. She was flying by the seat of her pants a little bit. She's a bit psycho and she kills the guy for that. What seems like relatively minor piece of information that he learned. Um, and then it just kind of flew out of control from there, I guess. Well, I assume, I don't remember the actual wording, but what I got out of her speech was that she did it in order to start the, uh, the sowing of doubts, yeah. uh, in, in the community. Uh, so, uh, but then again, uh, having someone find out something that you want to keep secret, that you really, really, really want to keep secret and you're a bit of a psychopath. Uh, murder seems like a justification for, <laughs> or a, a way to keep your secret. Because, uh, you know, when two people are keeping a secret, the only way to really keep that secret is for one of them to die. <laughs> Unfortunately, certainly in TV land anyways. And generally speaking, uh, both of them should die because that's the only real way to keep a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, well... We also, it was revealed to Morgan in this episode that Virginia has grace because Morgan and her spoke on the walkie. So that's something that Morgan didn't know before and is going to 
probably affect what he does from here on because his one of his primary directives was to find Grace and get him yep. get her back to the dam. That's uh, that's true. So I thought that was an interesting piece of information. But the big thing, the thing that we've been wondering about for, you know, a couple of years now, or at least since last season ended, was who rescued Morgan from those walkers when Virginia and everyone left him at Humbug's Gulch injured with zombies almost on top of him. And turns out it was Dakota as well, which is, I think, something you predicted. Nope, I don't think so. No? Uh, Really? Uh, I thought that I predicted it was someone we hadn't met yet. But okay, well, you know maybe what? Maybe I did... said Dakota. I, you know, it's perfectly reasonable for my brain to go in either one of those directions. So I can, I don't think, even if I said it, I can take credit for it because I don't remember saying it. Okay, well, you know what? I think we definitely discussed the possibility and maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe we dis, uh, disregarded it, not disregarded it. We, um, I don't know, maybe we threw that idea out. <laughs> There's a word yeah. for that, which isn't coming to me, but, uh, thinking that it would be too unrealistic or, or something like that, because why would she be there? Why would, you know, how could she be there and Virginia be there and how was she getting back and forth and this and that? But if she was sneaking in and out and Cameron found out, well, I guess that's how, um, but I think maybe you posed the possibility and I shut you down. Okay. Well, I don't remember. I, I, I do recall having conversations about it and thinking, is it, like, is it a new character and would they introduce new characters, um, specifically for this purpose? And it kind of seems like they did. <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, but it's a big deal. Uh, apparently she heard Morgan's messages about finding people out there and helping them. Uh, it sounds like she agreed with that and decided that Morgan did have more things to do. And so she didn't want to let him die in that, in that town because he needed to finish what he was doing. Um, and, and the, the best part about it is I actually really sort of believe that Dakota's on his side and wanted to help, but things just spiraled out of control and people ended up dead and that's how she got to where she is now. Right. So I don't know, but a lot of things were revealed. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it makes perfect sense as a finale, you know, wrap up all these storylines and kill off a major character. <laughs> Fucking perfect finale. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, all right. The, the rest of this episode really was about the clearing off the bridge or getting across the bridge. And while I did enjoy the whole sequence of the truck on the bridge and everything that went down while they were trying to get across. I did kind of have a little bit of a problem with the whole premise because it feels like if you need to get across this bridge, why not just swim the 50 feet or whatever across the river and go around it? It seems like they went to an awful lot of trouble to get across when there might've been an easier way. Like a boat? I mean, the last time, remember the last time John Dory tried to build a boat? Well, I mean, we saw him in a canoe this episode, so he has a canoe. That's true. He didn't have to build that, luckily. No. And and uh, all I could think is, what, do they have too many supplies? Like, they 
would it take too long? Or, or I thought maybe they figured since the zombies were all stuck on one side of the bridge with no barrier on that side, if they got across, then they'd just have all these zombies turn around and follow them the other way. Like, I don't know. It felt kind of like a bit of a manufactured problem for the show, even though I enjoyed the whole sequence, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, now that I think about it, now that you mention it, uh, there probably is a better way to get across, especially if they don't need anything that the truck is carrying. The truck bed was empty, right? It was just carrying people. So if they just needed to get the people across, uh, you know, throw a door in the river and use it to swim across. I mean, chances are, if, you know, if Titanic has taught us anything, uh, only 50% of the people on the door will die. <laughs> That's right. So I just felt like there was a better way. But that said, I enjoyed it. It was a fun scene to experience. I did experience some tension when John Dory, you know, was on the hood of the truck and there were zombies all around him. And even when he was in the bed with Morgan, you know, and, and Dakota was trying to drive it across, like there was there was some fun to be had there. And then, of course, we had the whole part where the zombie got stuck in the wheel well of the truck. Yeah. I mean, that was some of the most nasty stuff I've ever seen on this show, but man, it was just awesome and genuinely disgusting. So I appreciated that too. And I kind of wondered how they did it. Cause that really looked like a real person flailing around in there. It was, and this brings up uh, the stunt work in this episode that I thought was really well done. So yes, that looked to me like it was a real person in that wheel. Well, obviously it wasn't a real wheel. Well, it's like, Hey, let's just, you know, tuck you in there and uh, we'll rev this thing up and get going. So obviously they, you know, thought this through, but yes, I believe that was a real person in that, uh, in that wheel well, which I thought was amazing. Uh, but the other stunt work I wanted to, uh, to point out was right at the beginning when, uh, when John Dory was shooting the zombies out the window, the commitment of these stunt people to take headshots and flop backwards into the water was phenomenal. Like oh, yeah. it was just throw your head back and collapse. It was, uh, I was, it stood out to me as impressive. Right. Cause there, you don't see the mattress that they're landing on, which normally is just off camera and, and shots there was like no that. mattress. They were flopping in the water and the sand. Yeah. Like, it was just there, them flopping around, you know, professionally falling and, <laughs> you know, falling professionally is uh, quite the skill to have, but the commitment that they had to fling in their head back, uh, to simulate a headshot and then collapsing because you're dead at that point. Uh, it was, it was, they were really well done, those shots. Well, kudos to the stunt people. I mean, all the time, but uh, really good work in this episode. That whole, yeah, I, I don't know. I would love to know more about how they did that truck scene with the zombie because it was just so nasty and y you almost wanted to look away, you know, and that's, that's how you know it's a good effect. <laughs> yeah. So there. Well, um, I'm going to play some calls from listeners about this episode, uh, and you'll probably, you know, pick up on a theme here, but uh, we'll start with a call from Trish in Boston. Hey, Chris and Jason, it's Trish in Boston. First of all, I want to send you both my condolences. I am so sorry to see that your boy, John Dory, is no longer with us. I know that was a big bromance for the two of you, and uh, it feels like the Walking Dead OG when they would kill off a important base character unexpectedly. So that's kind of a bummer. 
Anyway, I do have to say, though, the cinematography, when he was in the water with the lighting and the blood and all of that, that was really impressive. So at least he went out in a glory. Um, but screw that little girl. I don't like her anymore. I hope they throw her to the wolves. All right. I'm excited to keep the year going. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Thanks, Trish. Yeah, the cinematography, the underwater photography there was quite nice. I would agree with that. I'm always blown away by uh, how clean water is when uh, when they need to shoot things uh, inside rivers and lakes and things. <laughs> uh, my experience with rivers and lakes and things is that the water is not clean. But the water wasn't that clean. Like it was a very, there was also a very reddish glow to it. And, you know, I've swam in lakes that uh, had that red kind of red mud uh, glow to it. And so, I, you know, it seemed sort of realistic, but awfully, awfully clean. And there was a lot of sand in this river, except for when John Dory was under the water when it was all just rocks. Yeah. So uh, it, it seemed a little off, but yes, the lighting was glorious under there. He was bathed in light and blood and was able to find the picture and be conscious enough to long look longingly at it yeah before, before deciding to live before deciding Again. to swim up and live for another minute uh, yeah it looked it looked beautiful it was really really nicely done so uh a great a great effort all around on on this episode um i got another one here from Jamie hey guys it's Jamie from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario again. Holy crap. I can't believe it. They killed John off by a scared, whiny little girl the same way they killed Nick off. This show has a way of killing my favorite characters off. I don't know, man. You have to bring in characters from the other show because you have a lack of awesome characters, then you finally get a really good character, probably one of the best characters, and you kill him off. Why? I just don't understand. Keep up the good work, guys. I hope you continue with this show. It is really good. But, man, I, I just... Oh, I'm so disappointed. Thanks, Jamie. It, it almost sounded like he got choked up there in the middle. <laughs> well, yeah, and it is it is upsetting. I mean, you know, to answer the question of the you know why bring in an awesome character and uh, then kill him off just to kill him off, or I guess you know half seasons later, uh, you know why why kill off a a, a fan favorite? Uh, it's because they want to keep hitting you in the feels. Right? Mm -hmm. They want you to feel something. They want you to be angry. They want you to be pissed off. They want you to be sad. Uh, and we're all of those things, right? But we're also proud because this show has the balls to kill off a character like John Dory. And that uh, it makes me proud and happy as, along with my grief and sadness. Yeah. And it, shock. It's it's all of the things all at once. And, and you never know. Maybe John Dory will show up again on Tales of the Walking Dead. There's no reason that that show has to stick to characters from the main show, right? We can get, we can get side stories for with all these people. So you never know what might happen in the Walking Dead universe when it comes to all these characters. Yeah. And you know, 
and another reason I'm not as sad as I could be, and I, you know, I am sad that John Dory is leaving because I really like the character, but I have seen Garrett Dillahunt in probably seven or eight television series over the years, and I've never, not once, seen anything he's ever been in where he wasn't phenomenal. So he will, uh, I, I think he needs to be leading man material. I don't think that, uh, you know, being a, a strong character actor uh, is should be it for him. I think he needs to lead his own show. Unless, of course, he's on a show with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Stephen Ogg, but then it would be an ensemble cast, right? Uh-huh. So that's fine. Uh, but I am not so sad because I know Garrett Dillahunt will go on to do things that I will watch that I will enjoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny when you, when I start thinking about the idea of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Stephen Ogg and Garrett Dillahunt on a show together, I, it almost seems like an odd couple pairing or an an odd trio pairing because there's a certain amount of debauchery that I associate with JDM (laughs) and Stephen Ogg that I just can't see Garrett Dillahunt participating in. (laughs) But that's, but that's, like, I know more about the real life personalities of JDM and Stephen Ogg, I think, than I do about Garrett Dillahunt. Most, my entire impression of him, because I haven't seen him in a lot of other things. I haven't seen him in interviews. I haven't really seen him outside of Fear the Walking Dead. So my entire impression, impression of him is John Dory. So I think right. that's who he is in real life. And I'm like, you put John Dory with not Negan or... uh whatever the hell Stephen Ogg's Simon, Simon. Yeah. Not Negan and Simon, but even Jeffrey and Steven, I'm like, boy, that's a mismatch made the right there, but (laughs) maybe those make the best team ups and shows, you know? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know how that would work out. I don't know uh, if it would work out. All I know is I would watch it. I want to find out. Yeah. It's funny because I started rewatching Better Call Saul. And Stephen Ogg was in the first season of Better Call Saul in a yeah. very minor part. Yep. But uh, I just loved it. I watched the scene a couple of times because you just, you have to. I'm not and surprised. Mike is such an awesome character. And then I, I'm in season three now of uh, uh, Better Call Saul and Jesus Christ, that's a good show. I, are you all caught up? Like you've seen everything before this rewatch, right? No. Uh, season three was the last season I watched. So I have four and five to look forward to. Oh my God, man. The second last episode of whatever the last season was, I guess it was five. Shut up. One of the best, one of the best things my TV ever showed me. Just one of those things. Okay. Well, that's what I'm looking forward to because, uh, one of the scenes that I, you know, the, the scene with Stephen Ogg was one of the best things my TV ever showed me. And the scene on, uh, you know, an episode that I just recently watched and I want to stop spoiling things, uh, was also absolutely phenomenal and really well done and the the show just keeps uh, it just keeps on giving it just keeps giving these fucking scenes that uh, uh that are just amazing so good all right well we'll try not to spoil anything else instead i'll move on to a call i got from terry hi this is terry in austin i cannot believe it jason i know you're crying and upset well I no longer will watch Fear of the Walking Dead. John was the only reason why I watched it the last few seasons. Bye. Any comments for Terry, uh, Jason? Terry, 
keep watching the show. Keep listening to the podcast. We will be your support group. We will try and help you through these rough times. And I am sad. I am crying, but I'm also happy and proud. And it's all a very weird mixture. Hopefully we can, uh, hopefully this is indicative of what this show has to offer, uh, as you know, the reason to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Don't I- give up. We still love you. We still want you to contribute. We still want you to be part of the show. Uh, it's sad, but don't quit. All right. Excellent advice. Uh, one more call here and then an email. This call comes from Thomas. Hello, fellas. This is Thomas from Virginia. Uh, had to call again uh, this week uh, simply because I'm just so upset uh, with that Fear the Walking Dead episode. Not sure if you guys are going to cover it or not, but... Um, I mean, for one of the best characters in Walking Dead history to go out like that uh, was really, really rough for me. Uh, I I do enjoy the tough deaths on The Walking Dead. It makes it more realistic and um, everything like that. But I I can't help uh, but miss John like immediately. I I think the episodes are going to be a little bit lacking without him going forward. Unless June or, or one of the other characters steps more into prominence, because John was was the guy for me, um, and one of the most original characters on The Walking Dead too. Um, just want to hear you guys' thoughts on on losing John from the show and and what you think. I know you guys aren't the best fans of Fear, but I, I really liked the show before this happened uh, last week. So have a good one. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Thomas. I think he pretty much said it all right there. I think fear has come after going through a tough couple of seasons in uh, four and five. I think it's rebounded just like the walking dead did actually with seasons nine and 10, I would say. Um, But it's rebounded. It's found its footing again. And uh, despite the events of this episode, as you just said, maybe Jason, it's a uh, harbinger of things to come, right? Maybe, maybe this is their standard now for quality storytelling even though we don't like it. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope so. I mean, think of, uh, you know, think of the possibilities of what could happen now. I mean, it's, it's, this is, this is tough and uh, a tragedy uh, that we have to, to get over, but there's still a future out there, right? Like what happens if, uh, think about the drama involved in June uh, falling in love with another character on the show and having to deal with uh, getting over uh, John Dory. Like what if uh, what what if uh, what if June and Al get together, right? That could happen. You know, Al has to get over that helicopter pilot that she met, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, so June has to get over John Dory. But it could happen. They could be like the, the romance of the uh, of the, of the show in general going forward <laughs> in seasons to come. Uh, you know, there's there's possibilities out there. They could find love again. They could be happy. There's lots of possibilities. And, you know, one thing I didn't mention while we were talking about it is there seems to be an interesting dynamic between June and Virginia. Did you notice that scene right at the end there where she like smacks the walkie out of her hand? That, yeah, that feels like something that these characters, none of them would have done earlier on because they were so afraid of her. June doesn't seem to have any, um, fear of Virginia anymore. And maybe it's because... You know, if you recall, June saved Virginia by cutting her hand off after she got bit in the oil fire, refinery fire. I wonder if there's a certain amount of, well, you owe me one now in that relationship. So I think that has a lot of potential too. 
for story five and see where it it goes. What's that? You owe me five. Get it? Yeah. Five. <laughs> you owe me. You owe me five. Right. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I get it. I'm referring uh, to the fingers on her hand. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um. Anyways, I just I thought that was a an interesting little scene that was in this episode. They she just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to have any fear of disrespecting her. Um. I didn't catch that, but that's a very good point. Yeah. An mm-hmm. interesting thing. Interesting dynamic going on there. Uh, okay. Finally here, I've got an email. Caden in Alberta. Caden says, John was my favorite character on fear. And I know no matter how good it gets after this, I won't enjoy it as much without him. I'm still going to watch because I do still care about the others, mainly Morgan, and now need to see how they're going to handle his death, John's death. Also, they better not give Dakota some BS redemption arc or I'm going to be mad. And it's going to be way too similar to Charlie's story arc. And I still still don't even f- fully forgive her. Killing John is completely unforgivable and I won't be happy until she gets what she deserves. She's way too much like her sister. What do you guys think would be a fair punishment for her? I vote death, but maybe I'm just angry. <laughs> Dakota has to die. She yeah. has to. Yeah. Can they, can they redeem her? Can she still be part of this group and community? I mean, I, I just don't see it right now, but you know, as Negan said, we're all currently seeing red and things can change over time. Yeah. I, I don't think I, at this point, I don't think Dakota's redeemable. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, at this point, I agree with you, but ask me again, you know, after eight more episodes or, 16 more next season. I, I just don't know. That's true. It's hard to say like Charlie Caden was saying he really doesn't even forgive Charlie anymore for shooting Nick, but Charlie's kind of a decent character now and I don't mind having her around. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. But as it stands right now, Oh man, I'm not happy with Dakota and I'd like to see her fall off that bridge. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a taller bridge. Maybe like, the Golden Gate Bridge, they could go down there and fall off that bridge. <laughs> Unless it's destroyed. I mean, every apocalypse movie ever made, Golden Gate Bridge is destroyed. So uh, it's probably not standing anymore. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, they'll have to find a high bridge. Maybe a, a high tower with a helicopter cache on top of it, and you can fall off mm-hmm. that. Sure. Yes, fall off of something very, very high. I, that, I approve. There we go. All right. Well, thanks, you guys, for calling and writing in about this one. Just before we talk about what's going to happen in the future of this podcast, I want to send out a couple of quick thank yous to people who have recently supported the show. The first one is Michael S. in Syracuse, who made a contribution via PayPal. Michael sent a comment, Jason. He said, Chris and Jason, could you give us insight into the development, background, and meaning of the hands headphone blood cord insignia? (laughs) so yeah real real quick uh michael our logo basically is supposed to look like a pair of zombie hands that are connected like headphones and uh recently i've been using them just in black and white without the cord coming off them but originally there was like a headphone cord coming out of them into a pool of of blood and i just It's, it's a really, really cool logo. I love it. It's, we've used it since day one and I call it the handset, which is Mm -hmm. kind of a play on the word headset, uh, because of course we wear headsets while we record. 
and its original art done by longtime friend and, well, some time ago contributor to the podcast, Dave, who if you've been listening for a long time, you will have heard him. It's just been a while. But Dave is a comic book artist, a very, very good one. And he drew that for us way back at the beginning, and we've been using it since day one. And I have no intention of changing it because it's awesome. It is awesome. And uh, I actually bought some uh, some T-shirts for my son Jasper uh, to wear that have that uh, the handset logo on them, which I'm really proud that uh, every time he wears them, because the school that he goes to right now, the before and after care program that he is in, uh, friend of the show, Dave is actually, uh, had gone through a program in early childhood education and now works at that, uh, at that daycare. Uh, and so we see Dave every day. We drop off Jasper and with Dave and pick him up every day with Dave. So when he wears the, the, uh, the handset t-shirt, uh, Dave gets to see his own handiwork logo on, uh, on my son. I'm very proud and happy. That is fantastic. Well, um, yeah, that's that's where it came, comes from, and we are going to be using it uh, forever because it's awesome. Speaking of shirts, if you happen to want that logo on a shirt or a tote bag or a pillow or various other things, you can go to our website, TalkingDeadPodcast.com, and click on Shop at the top, at the top of the page, and that will take you straight to our Tee Public store where you can get our logo on a shirt if you want. And I don't mention it much, but if anyone's listening and wants to do that, go uh, go grab a shirt. We appreciate shirt, that hat, as well. magnet, sticker, you know, what have you? All kinds of stuff. Yeah, all kinds of different things. Um, I got a hoodie with that uh, with that logo on there this winter because I was uh, feeling kind of cold, so <laughs> I bought a hoodie so with get it. Get a hoodie. Yeah, I I wear podcast shirts all the time still, and uh, my kids had them. They've grown out of them, but I was just talking today to one of them about you know, getting some more for them. So might as well. But uh, this all comes back to Michael S. in Syracuse, who asked us, thank you so much, Michael, for your contribution via PayPal. We also had a uh, new patron join recently. That's Lisa G. in Lexington. There's a city you're familiar with, Mr. Miles. Um, She had to stop her Patreon support during the pandemic, which I completely understand, but she recently restarted it. So I just wanted to throw out a thank you to Lisa G in Lexington as well for that. Cool. You can join Lisa in being a patron by hitting patreon.com slash the talking dead. Or if you want to be like Michael, you can do so uh, with a PayPal contribution at talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal. All righty. Just before we wrap up here, um, Just a quick note to let everyone know what we're going to be doing moving forward because coverage of fear is a little bit different than coverage of the main show, Uh, but we are going to continue covering season six of fear, just one podcast a week, sort of like this one where we don't do a full recap. We just kind of talk about the episode a little bit more, a slightly more traditional review, you could call it. Um, And we'll be continuing to do those on Tuesday nights as we go forward. So the episodes will air on Sundays or I guess the previous Thursday, if you're an AMC Plus uh, subscriber. And then our podcast will come out on the following Tuesday night. So we'd still love to get feedback from you, calls, whatever. I do want to include as much of that as I can on the podcast, not only because we love hearing from everyone and hearing your opinions, but also it helps stimulate 
conversation and just enhances everyone's appreciation of the episode because everyone has different thoughts. So to send those emails and calls in, visit the website, click on send voicemail at the top to record a message or send your messages to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead too. Alrighty. Well, that was awesome. Jason, I'm glad fear is back. I think despite everything, the episode was really good. And with the track record of season six so far, I'm really looking forward to the, the back half. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. Until next week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to watch the next episode of fear. We'll be back on Tuesday until then. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.